Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, guys. And George. Hey. Hey, how's it going, everybody? We are back again for the backtrack edition. Edition, which is the edition, as you all know, we pick a single topic from our youth growing up, dig in deep, and see what's different or changed about that. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the TV Guide. Wow. <laughs> all right. Yep. I would hazard to guess that some people listening don't know what the TV Guide is, and that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the rotary phone episode, right? Like, what the you hell got is it. A, what does rotary mean? Before we get into our topic, though, I always like to take a look in the fourth listener mailbag and see what we've got. Uh, and we do have an email this time from fourth listener, Rick. Hey, hey Rick. Right. And the topic of his email was interesting side note. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not ominous at all. I'll go with it. Interesting side note. I'm sitting outside your studio right now with a shotgun and a fifth of tequila. <laughs> Point of trivia. You're in my sights. Rick says, so just bought a pair of Bluetooth stereo headsets. Okay. First time right. listening in stereo. So a tip of the hat to John for having George on one side and Mo in the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He says, it's the little things, Rick. Nice. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, somebody noticed. I know. <laughs> Besides us, right? <laughs> yeah, that's something we've done since uh, maybe the Jeez, like second fourth or, or fifth. You did it early, pretty, didn't pretty you? soon, yeah. Yeah, I did do it right away, but probably a few episodes in. Uh, you know, it was when we started doing individually recorded tracks, when we weren't all merged together in one recording. Mm. Uh, as soon as we had that, I'm like, you know what I could do? It has a little slider. It helps when we're talking over each other, too, I think, because you can kind of uh, you can tell who said it because it's coming from this ear or this ear. That's uh, was kind of the thought. And it just kind of stuck. I mean, it works. There's a little competition stuff, too. Like I told you, John, when you first started doing it, I was like, you know what I really hate is that 
when I'm driving in my car, Mo is in the fucking driver's side speaker and I'm in the passenger side speaker. So I don't want to hear myself, but I got to listen to Mo the whole drive. <laughs> well, you know what you sound like. Well, yeah, but I think I'm very interesting. I want to hear myself. If only there was some setting in your car stereo where you could adjust that. I mean, God, they'll invent that someday, George. I've got a Gen X grown up stereo. I don't have those settings. <laughs> Does it have balance? No. <laughs> Just, what kind of a janky car stereo do you have without balance? <laughs> it's still got the push buttons for the memory presets on it. <laughs> are you to radio? Ka-chunk. That's a whole nother backtrack episode right there. The push button <sighs> preset radios. You know, the other great thing that having us in stereo does is when I put in my headphones to listen, I know if my headphones are in backwards, if George is in the wrong ear. That's also really helpful. I'm like, what's George doing on the left side? I flip them. So funny. Because <laughs> there's no other way of telling. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like there's a little thing written on the side of the headset. You got to actually listen to George to see. So he'll, he'll tell it's you. like one of those hacks. I've seen the one hack where you take your left earbud and you tie a little <laughs> knot in it. And that way you always know. Well, this way, just listen to the Gen X Grown Up podcast. When you hear George in one ear, Mo in the other, you know if you've got them right it's or not. It's much simpler. Just only listen to us and you'll always right. know which way to put on your headset. That's true. This is true. <laughs> Life hack. Oh, Rick, thank you for writing in. Thank you for noticing. We always appreciate you and all of our fourth listeners who take the time to uh, drop us a line. With that, let's jump into talking about TV Guide. This week, TV Guide profiles B. Arthur of Maud. The public often confuses an actress with her role. B is not quite as opinionated as Maud, but she knows one thing for sure. There's no one else like me. Her story in TV Guide. Big Audacious Idea is the new podcast for deep thinkers and inquisitive minds. Each episode, Craig James blends philosophy and science to explore a bold new topic with one of today's most provocative thought leaders. Here, Seth Godin reframed the idea of cryptocurrency. Listen to Aaron Burdick's predictions for the future of augmented and virtual reality. Ponder life after death with Stephen Holly Martin. You can find Big Audacious Idea on your favorite podcast app or go to evergreenpodcast.com. Big Audacious Idea. See the big picture. Travel back with me, if you will, oh, to the dawn of the Generation oh, X era. <laughs> we get up out of bed, Saturday morning cartoon time. How do you know what cartoon is on when? Okay, before we get into that, yeah, I want to know if we hired a poor man's Rod Serling. What the hell was that? <laughs> that was pretty sad. Travel back in time. Blah, blah, blah. I feel Submitted like I was on a ride approval. at Epcot or something. Going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well, fuck me for being creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if I didn't give no, you it shit. It was a good attempt, John. <laughs> so you roll out of bed. To watch Saturday morning cartoons, how do you know what cartoons are on what channel? You check the internet, right? Yeah, or you have cable TV. You have the the guide channel, right? No, wait, 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 there's no internet. There's no cable TV. Oh, wait, there's no cable TV? Why am I getting up? (laughs) Because there's three networks and they all have cartoons, George. Oh, okay. Get your cereal, get your shit together. I forgot. I'm talking to Rod Serling. I forgot. My fault. That's right. That's right. So we're back in time. All right. So, well, there's only one thing you can do. You've got to try and get to the TV guide before you're dead. (laughs) Before before he takes it and puts it on the back of the toilet. Right. Yes. Where we're going with this is the TV guide was not like a magazine that some people read or didn't back in our era. Everybody 
had the TV guide because it was the only way to know what the hell was on TV in advance. Right. If you were watching TV, they might tell you what was up next. But the right. only way to know that this was on this night, this was on this night. It's such a thing that has changed so much. It's why we wanted to do a backtrack about it, because we had this magazine that started like at the dawn of television, really back in like 1930s. Uh, it started as a magazine that was covering like movie stars. But as soon as TV started to become a thing, like 1953 was the origin of TV Guide. Okay. Yeah. And they were just putting out this magazine just for the local like Chicago area. Like that was it. It was just this local thing for Chicago TV viewers because things are different everywhere. It, it quickly filled this gap as TV became more and more part of the national consciousness and everybody was talking about and watching and it became like living rooms stopped being built around the radio and they were built around the TV now. You know, all the chairs, you know, Archie Bunker and Edith Bunker's chair pointed at the TV. Everybody has to know what's on and when. And so it started to evolve into something that was more than just a magazine. Well, and you know, you talk about how do we learn what was on and when was on. It wasn't just that. So for instance, if you happen, your father, your mother, whoever happened to enjoy the shows that were on CBS, you didn't know what was on NBC because they, of course, didn't cross advertise like CBS exactly didn't allow right. a commercial yep. that was on NBC. They were it mm-hmm. was against the rules and you didn't have all this cross advertising going on between channels. Mm-hmm. What was on yep. NBC was never talked about on what was on CBS, like even their the Today Show. They wouldn't have a guest from an NBC show unless it was like they had to. You got it. Yep. Yeah. The only way you could find out. What was on one station, if you were watching another, was the TV guide. It was your internet. It was your cross-promotional device. It was how you planned your evenings. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talked during the uh, Saturday morning cartoons that we would go through with a highlighter, a marker, and figure out, okay, what will I watch at 7 a.m.? And you circle it. What will I watch at 7.30? At the risk of kind of beating a dead horse here, there's no DVR. It's not like you can just say, oh, whenever this thing comes on, I want to watch it. Right. You've got to be there. It was appointment TV. You know, it wasn't like you could record or DVR'd or something. So it was so critical. I mean, I have to tell you guys, I mean, and this is kind of a confessional time here. Okay. Okay. My dad had a philosophical issue with TV Guide. What? You would never buy it. Now, my grandmother did. How so? We never bought it, ever. Why? Well, I I don't know. To be honest, I'm not sure. objection or something? Just just trying to stick it to the man? (laughs) I I think it was like just the idea that it made TV too important, maybe? I'm not sure, even though he watched his fair share of TV shows. So the only place we could find out where we can like watch shows is that we had to basically look at the newspaper, which is really the only okay. place that we could get anything. And the problem is that the newspapers only show the shows that are on that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. They didn't have like a weekly or maybe Sunday. They did like a whole weekly thing. But generally speaking, though, it's like if you didn't get that Sunday paper, you had no idea what was going to be a watch. So luckily for me, though, my grandmother was a firm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she loved her TV guide. She was a TV guide stalwart. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we all had subscriptions. Yeah, you, you couldn't like no one had to like if, if it was missing or if we were touching it, it was like, you, you better take care of that TV guide. I'm like, yes, Grandma, I will. <laughs> that was one thing. You just mentioned the word subscriptions, John. Yeah. There were plenty of magazines that you could subscribe to back in our day. You know, there was Life, yeah. there was Time, there was Newsweek, all these different kinds of magazines that have been out there, Reader's Digest, whatnot. I'll just take a wild stab in the dark that TV Guide probably had the largest subscription of anything as a single entity ever. It 
it probably was in more homes than any of the other ones, I'm guessing. Yep, you are not wrong. Yeah, according to the Wikipedia article, man, they say that TV Guide became the most read and circulated magazine in the United States by the 1960s. And it was just launched at 53. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised yeah. it took it that long, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I would have thought, like... Yep. After a few months, it would have been the largest in circulation. It it was the next thing. Like you would go when I was a wee little lad. I mean, they had TV Guide, but you would go to somebody's house and there were two things in the area that I lived in that were on the coffee table in every home I went to. There was a Bible and there was a TV Guide right next to it. Every single friend, every <laughs> single <laughs> parent's family <laughs> gathering, they were right next to each other. It was, it was almost spooky a little bit. It became like an icon of... Of that whole thing of watching TV with your family or by yourself. I don't think you can overstate just how ubiquitous it was. I mean, if you went over to a buddy's house, you didn't, you never said, hey, do you have a TV guy? No. no, you said, hey, where's the TV guy? Right. It's just because everyone had one. It was uncanny. And I, back then I never thought about it, but I mean, they had to be making a killing because they had a stranglehold on the market because you needed it. If you if you enjoyed TV and you wanted to watch stuff, everybody had it. Can you imagine what the advertising rates were for that thing? <sighs> I mean, oh it had God. to be astronomical. They, people yeah. had to be begging, like, please put our soap dispenser in your thing. You know, I'll give you what I'll give you. My, here's my third child. Take him. Take him. Yep. That had to be like Walmart is now. It just had to have every bit of power there is. The other thing is that I can't recall any competitors well yeah there was not another national not a national magazine yeah. like that yeah but you would think yeah. though i mean something that like you said it made a ton of money it was hugely popular i'm i'm surprised that nobody tried or maybe they tried and failed well think about the efforts and logistics that it takes to put out a tv guide i mentioned that it just started in one city mm -hmm. but there are different things that air in different cities right so if you imagine so mo you grew up in new york i grew up in florida let's just take florida for example which is a big state if you drive to North Florida, you can have certain TV channels. Mm -hmm. If you drive to South Florida, completely different. Sure. Mm -hmm. So that means the magazine you send to North Florida is worthless in South Florida. So imagine the logistics of based on zip code or area code, they had to put out probably in a single state, six or seven different yeah. editions of the same magazine. Yeah, you know, that's Manage something I never that, thought printing. about back then, but yeah. You're right. It's not the same TV guide. You know, you'd, you'd visit somebody, you go on a trip and you visit somebody in Idaho and you go, all right, I don't know the TV channels here. Where's your TV guide? You flip right. it open and it was like a TV guide from a parallel universe. It's like, what's this channel seven? No one has a channel seven. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it just looked weird because you're like, how did you get a TV guide from this planet? You know, it's just so different. Logistically, what a nightmare it must have been. The odd thing is, though, that they were so good at those logistics that you implicitly trusted anything you read Seamless. in there as being the gospel. If this thing said there's a Channel 7 that's going to show the love boat at 7 p.m. tonight, by God, Channel yep. 7 will you know have the right. love boat at 7 p.m. that night on that television that the TV guy was near. It was crazy how good they were at that. Find out how Captain Kangaroo has survived for nearly 25 years with low ratings. Discover how six countries handled the same international news stories in six completely different ways. And read Carol O'Connor's candid recollections of nine seasons on All in the Family in the new issue of TV Guide magazine. Hello, Gen X grown up. I'm Matt Man. I'm Tom at Two Stars. And together, we're the Deep, Deep Fried Geeks. A weekly podcast where we talk about movies, comics, TV shows, food, gaming, and general geek news. That's right. Sometimes we even have celebrity guests. Oh yeah, like who? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
The Incredible Hulk. Hulk wanna sit here while we pod. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you guys are the funniest guys in the world. <laughs> Christopher Walken. You know, I've never been on a better podcast. I think I like it a lot. And Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So if you like loudmouths, you guys are a little bit too awesome for your taste, but you know what? That's okay anyway. Then make sure you check us out anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Keep calm and geek on. I have a question that I want to ask both you guys about TV Guide. You had a subscription at one point or the other. Mo, I know you had to go to your grandmother's <laughs> to see the subscription, but we had a subscription. <laughs> there was one there, yeah. Yep. TV Guide comes in the mailbox. It's got a bunch of bills and garbage your parents needed, and here's a TV Guide. Mm-hmm. What do you do as soon as you get the TV Guide? What is your ritual? How do you interact with your TV Guide when it hits the doorstep? Start with you, George. Well, I mean, the first thing is trying to steal it away from before my father got a hold of it. Yeah. Because, you know, we kind of touched on that earlier. It would <laughs> invariably, the the person who was in charge of the TV, like eventually when they came out with remote controls, you know, your father, he's the one who was in charge of the remote control, right? Same thing yep. with the TV guide. The remote sits on the TV guide. Yes. Yeah, they sit, they stay together. Right. right. If you have the sword, you have the shield. That's right. <laughs> Go together. <laughs> so I would first try to get a hold of the TV guide just so I could go in and circle with a pen or pencil or highlighter if I could find whatever I needed to, to mark out the stuff that I want. And I would take the TV guide and a sheet of paper next to it and write out the stuff I wanted to watch that week. <laughs> Did you? Well, because <laughs> wow. I wouldn't get the TV guide after that. He would keep it. Like he would read oh. the articles and he wouldn't, like I said, it was like the remote. I was not allowed to use it while he was around. So it was like, well, I did eventually get a small television in my room, so I needed a way to know what I wanted to watch, and I couldn't get the TV guide from oh, the living room because okay. we only have one, so I had to make right. my own little list, my own little chart every week. You had a subset of the TV guide exactly. that you had wow. transcribed. <laughs> like you talked about earlier, there were competitors and stuff. I would never get that little cheap thing from the newspaper in our town. It was called the Limelight, I think, or something like that. Okay. Screw that. I never... I just didn't even like the feel of it. You know, just the paper <laughs> yeah. didn't feel good. I would rather copy stuff out of the TV this guide. This is not a TV guide. No. Yeah. It's like Sam's Cola versus Coke. It's yeah. just not right. Exactly. <laughs> You'd rather just copy everything down, watch my shows, and that was how I did it. That was every week. Mo, how about you? How did you interact with the TV guide when it hits your little pause? So mine was limited to reading on Sundays when we had Sunday dinner at my grandmother's house. Okay. Its usefulness for me was... You know how it is, like, because back then there's no DVR, like we said, there's no recording Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So if you had two shows that were on at the same time, you had to pick which one to watch. Mm -hmm. The TV guide helped with that because they'd actually have a little synopsis of what each episode's about. Right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, it's more than just a listing. It's like, ooh, do I want to watch Barney Miller? Do I watch it? You know, it's at the same time as this show. Oh, right. this is happening on this one, so we're going to watch that. Right. Fonzie's going to jump a shark. i got to watch exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> you got to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, you should have missed that one. That was not <laughs> one you should have missed. You know, it's happy days <laughs> worth watching. I would read and look for all my favorite shows and look for what's going to be on this week. Also, just in case I did miss the show, I knew what to kind of ask my friends about later. Oh. <laughs> no. Right. You're like, yeah. hey, this is supposed to happen that episode. What happened? So that was yep. basically how I interacted with it. I heard that Mork has a son. How is yeah. it? Oh, God. <laughs> He's really old. He's old. Or yeah. Oh my God. How about you, John? I didn't have to fight for the TV guide. I was lucky because my dad and mom, they were not big TV watchers. 
Let me take that back. They did not reach and watch things beyond what they like to watch already. Dad was going to watch the news and he was going to watch wrestling. Done. We know when right. that's on. He didn't yep. need the TV guide for that. Right. And you didn't have to check the thing to see what was good, what was happening in the news or wrestling. It was going to be news and wrestling. That's what's always in it. So as long as you know when it's happening, you're fine. And my mom was not a big TV watcher at all. So the TV guide came in. It was my TV guide, which was great. I mean, it was ours, but right. I'd have to fight for it. And you were talking a little bit more about the description. The top thing that I used the TV guide for for primetime, which I loved, was that little R in parentheses. Oh, is a repeat. Oh, Aha. right. Aha. Yeah. Now I know I can skip that one because I already saw it. Uh, I can go to the other because otherwise you didn't have. Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, you just start watching. You're like, ah, oh, crap. I've already seen this one. And now I've missed the first 20 minutes of Barney Miller. Right. While I was waiting to find out if this was new or not. And I would go through it. And George, like you, I didn't make my own uh, transcribed version. <laughs> but I always had a marker or a highlighter. And I would pick. Like I would look and I would say, all right, well, here's what's on at this time. And I would go and highlight this thing and go through it. I mean, Saturday morning cartoons was the biggie. Sure. Yeah. Um, but for anything, you know, Greatest American Hero is on. Great. Uh, okay. Well, oh, it's a repeat. So I can actually look and see what else is on at that time because I didn't have to watch that same one again. Now, don't get me wrong. If nothing else good was on, I'll rewatch it. But you know before the show starts, which was, was always great. And I would go through and there was a lot of junk in there that was ads and stuff. And mm-hmm. I would tear out the garbage that wasn't TV. <laughs> See, that would be like sacrilegious in my grandmother's house. Yeah. I ripped out a page. I, oh, that, no, that no. That would be like the death of me. It had one purpose, and that was TV. And you go through, and you're like, all right, good stuff. Good, you know, listings, listings, listings. What is this ad for a you know a statue of an eagle? <laughs> Rip that out. <laughs> you know, don't need that. Who needs that? <laughs> so I would get that junk out of there. You know, you talk about tearing out pages and everything. I remember an experiment that I ran with my father one time. Got a hold of the TV guy before he did one week. I said, you know what? I'm not going to write everything down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go any further... I predict an ass whooping at the end of this story. Yeah, you predict correctly, sir. You do. So, so, all right. So, I, I, I missed it. How'd the experiment go? Yeah. So, well, so Nostradamus over here that just predicted my my childhood trauma. I grabbed a hold of the TV guide one week before he got home, went in there and I'm writing everything down and everything. And, and I ran out of paper as I was transcribing the stuff that I wanted to watch that week. I was at the bottom of the one page I had. I had some other paper, but I couldn't use that because that was for school and I wasn't going to be able to go to the store to get more paper before I went to this school. This is like a great day. prequel. I know how it's going to end, but I'm still enjoying the show. So, yeah. I turned the page in the TV guide and to my utter dismay, there was about 20 shows that I really wanted to watch on the next page. And I'm like, damn it, I'm out of paper. What? Well, maybe he won't notice. Oh. oh. And you know how when you tear a page out really slowly and you have time to think about what you're doing, you know, you're like, because it wasn't like the quick Band-Aid rip. I was like being very careful so I didn't mess up the letters. So I'm tearing it out and I'm like, I remember thinking to myself, Oh, man. I I might die. This might be the last (laughs) thing I do as a human on this earth is to tear this damn page out of this TV guide. But I need to know what's going to be on. I need to remember. It's so worth it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. He gets home later that evening. He says, oh, TV guy, you know, he starts flipping out. And he, it was almost like, because my father was a card player. So he could feel, you know, with his fingers, he could feel like decks of cards. You know. Feels a little light. So he, would, he picked that up and he, as his thumb brushed across the edge of the TV guide, it was like he hit that spot where that one, and it was just one page. He hit that spot where that one page was torn out of that book. I just walked into the living room and I'll never forget the look on his face. Like he froze for a second and he turned just slightly in his chair to me and he was like, boy. I went, mom. <laughs> Didn't matter. She can't save you nope. now. Sorry, who's the TV guy we're talking about? That was a good fifteen oh. minutes worth of ass whooping that I just had to endure. Oh. And then the worst part, I had to give the page back. So I didn't even get to keep it. <laughs> so you still didn't know what was on TV. <laughs> I missed all the shows See? that week. Oh, that was just that was horrible. It's all right. You couldn't sit down to watch them anyhow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I was grounded. <laughs> How do other TV magazines measure up to TV Guide? The others give you program listings and maybe a feature or two. TV Guide gives you program listings plus news, reviews, commentary, close-ups, updates, and fascinating feature articles on the people, the programs, and the power of television. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third-hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are going to keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them, no fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work. It's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20, that's genxup two zero For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. So TV Guide evolved some over time as all things do. It started out universal. Everyone had it. As we've said, mm -hmm. everyone had it. Yep. Some things that I remember about its evolution. So first of all, it initially was just like newsprint. It was just all black and white. Yeah. Right. Yep. As they started to add more articles, part of it was like on that slick magazine stuff. And then all the listings were on black and That's white. That's right. There were like two kinds of paper yeah. in there. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. That was really neat. Initially, everything was that log format we talk about where, you know, here, here's the time and here's a list of what shows are on at this time. So it says 8 p.m. Here's what's on at this right. time. And then the next column, 8.30. But then later, they evolved to have that cool grid format for just certain times of the day. Sure, like from prime, prime time. time throughout that, you had this nice grid. Mm -hmm. And depending on whether you lived in New York like Mo or the asshole of Florida like me, <laughs> the grid was smaller or larger based <laughs> yeah. on the area and how many channels you had. Right. They started adding cable networks that came mm -hmm. in over time, all that. But aside from just the natural evolution, as readership declined, as there started to be more competitors that came along, that we'll talk about in a minute, they started coming up with ways to try to drive subscription and purchases that any good magazine would do. 
Yep. For me, one of the ways that I noticed right away that they tried to do that, I want to say this was probably in the mid to late 80s, maybe. Mm -hmm. They started coming out with collector covers for certain things. Like when there would be a certain event, like maybe the last TV show of MASH or the wedding on such and such show, that kind of thing. They would have (laughs) these collector covers. Several to get. Yeah. Right. There's the Trapper John cover Mm -hmm. and there's the Hawkeye cover and there's the Loretta Swit cover. Yep. Right. Yep. So they would do that. Try to get you to buy more than one. Yeah. And you weren't buying it because, you know, there was different content in between the pages. You were strictly buying it because it was a cover and it would say one of four. And sometimes maybe number three was hard to find in your area. So that was the chaser cover, maybe. But that was the first time I ever even thought or had heard of or knew anything about collector covers. Now, we all know now collector covers are huge in the comic book industry. And comic books, Entertainment Weekly does it too. Yeah, the variant covers are crazy. Like they've even gone in the comic book industry to now there's blank covers. There's things called virgin covers where they take all the titling and numbering and stuff off of them. And it's just the image that the artist drew. Yeah. That all started with the TV guide. And that collectability was pretty amazing. I mean, it was a genius thing that TV guide did. It kind of moved them out of... Well, I don't know if it moved them. They were working their way out of just being a magazine to being kind of an icon of TV entertainment. That was certainly something they were doing. But those collector covers, that made them like a true collectible. Well, it went from being a tool to being an item. Before it was a tool. How do I find my shows? What, you know, how do I, where do I look at stuff? What's going to be on this week? Then it became a prized possession sometimes with some people. I mean, there were people mm-hmm. I know who oh, had yeah. like shelves of TV guides that they collected. There's a big aftermarket. Yeah. yeah. Much like people did back in the day with National Geographic or Reader's Digest, you know, those were collected for yeah. the content. TV Guide, it started being collected strictly for the covers, really. You're not going to look at the inside more than once. Those covers, no question. Yeah. Another really cool tool they started using that I remember fondly and loving were special editions. They would put out, I know they always did a fall preview. What are the new shows that are going to be out this fall? And that was a big color section. And you would have like, oh, look at this. So Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, what are they doing? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Why is he green? Is that a misprint? What's that? (laughs) It's a misprint. (laughs) Who's Lou Ferrigno? And you can find out all the new shows that are coming out. You know, now we use the internet for that. But there was, that was the only way you found out. It's the only way I found out. They did an edition for the winter, same thing, a winter preview of what was coming out. And the other thing, we just talked in the previous podcast not too long ago about shows that we love that are gone. Mm -hmm. In the TV Guide world, the only way I found out whether a show came back or not is they also put out a special edition called Returning Favorites. Mm. I didn't read that one as much. It would talk about here's what happened last season and here's what they're doing in the new season and such and such got married and they had a baby or whatever and what you have to look forward to in the new season of Dallas or Falcon Crest or whatever. So between those collector covers and special editions, they were doing a lot to keep themselves relevant uh, and become more of an item, Like I think, like you said, George. Yeah. Not only did they hit on a hot topic when they did and created this thing that became the thing, then they found ways to keep it relevant over the years. I mean, they had some brilliant people at the helm, whoever it was in charge. They were some idea people. That's for sure. Yeah. There was a little more evolution as we moved along. I mean, TV Guide as a corporation, they became more than just their magazine. So first of all, they were a service and those services would serve up the data about what was being broadcast that newspapers purchased. So, George, you talked about having the uh, little TV guide in your newspaper. Right. Later on, they actually got that data from TV Guide. Oh, Oh, really? TV Guide licensed out. They were a service, the TV Guide Corporation or whatever they're called, and you could purchase 
a service that would give you data on what shows were going to be so on. So like you had access to their database or at least what they you bought from them of their database, I guess. That's right. Yep. For your local area. Huh. And then we all know about the TV Guide channel. Oh, now they, yeah. there were <laughs> Some things had their own guide. Once you got cable or satellite, you started to find that there was listing channels for what was on. But there was an official genuine branded TV Guide channel yep. that most uh, satellite and uh, cable carriers had. And you could flip over and see that. And you'll remember this is a constant slow scroll yeah. and you can be absolutely certain that the channel you wanted to see Just had already passed. passed a moment ago. Yeah. You had to wait for it to come around the horn. That was one of those experiments in brand loyalty for me. So when that stuff was happening, I you know was more competent with technology and everything. And I remember my parents, when we first had our local cable company here, they were used to their TV guide. But of course, TV guide was waning, the physical book. So they found the TV Guide channel, just like you're talking about. And dad would watch that scroll until he found what he wanted to watch. And he would sit there sometimes for 20 minutes watching that damn thing. I'd be like, dad, you're missing your show already. It's already, well, I don't know where it's at. I got to find. And then, you know, the cable box, it had its own guide that you could actually maneuver around, right? You could scroll up and down and things like that. And I would try to show him, dad, just go to the guide on the cable box and you can look at the different channels and you don't have to wait for them to scroll over. And if you miss it, he's like, nope. I'm watching the TV guy when that's the real one. And that was his only answer. That was it. It's the real one. The other one yeah, doesn't count. I get it. And those kind of came and went because as soon as the internet really became viable and DVRs more so, moreover became viable, it was integrated into your DVR. You know, how did you know to record something? Well, yep. you just said, record that thing. It doesn't matter when and where it's on. It's going to capture it for you. So it started to fade. I think the whole advent of cable TV, though, was kind of like the beginning of the end in a way. Because like I said, TV Guide, they, they could put, you know, a hundred and, you know, how many markets, 170 different markets. Because there's only like five or six yeah. channels they had to worry about. Then right. cable well, TV comes yeah. out. Now they got 50 or 60 channels. And just logistically, I can't see how they could have kept up. Well, now they are still published. It is, it's a bi-weekly magazine that still comes out. I will tell you that I did not go and pick one up as research for this episode <laughs> because it's not on my radar until I read it in the article I was researching on. I didn't even realize it was still out wow. there. Wow. Yeah, I didn't either. I wonder what's in it. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I, we're going to sound like idiots talking about how it is today, but we're not talking about how it is today. It's just the fact that it still exists stuns me. Yeah. I've not picked one up or even seen one in so long. I'm sure it's probably turned into more of an entertainment weekly kind of magazine. Yeah, that makes sense. Guess, to make it relevant. Right. Interviews and reviews, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they always had that. In, fair, in fairness, they always had interviews. They always had content mm-hmm. and articles, but it was just that color section. Right. You know, the black and white was the meat of it. But I don't think anybody turns to TV Guide to find out when is something on. If you're lucky, you go to it to find out more about the thing that's on in an article article or interview. That's got to be what it is. Now I've got to go pick one up yeah, and find it. <laughs> while we were talking, I went to tvguide.com. Oh, Lord. And, yeah. and, well, let me tell you the first, I mean, right off the bat, it says, you know, the best shows of 2018 so far. And of course they had yeah, okay. Barry was right there on the cover. It's news articles. Yeah. But um, I guess right. it's trying to become like a, maybe a hub thing where it's kind of like news articles and links out to where you can watch these things. Well, they've tried to evolve, which has been their modus operandi from the beginning, right? They started off as one thing, then they morphed into something a little bit different. Then they continued their viability through the different things we talked about, like collector covers and specials. And now they're morphing into this thing to try and keep themselves going. I think it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. The curtain's opening on the new TV season, and nothing gets you into it like TV Guide's Fall Preview. Get the full lineup of new stars and new shows, plus changes in your old favorites. Nothing captures the excitement of the new season 
like the fall preview issue of TV Guide. On sale now. There are several like technologies or things that everybody had, like TV Guide. TV Guide has become like the milkman who always came around and everybody had the milkman that came by and right. then that's gone. Or the guy that drove yeah. the ice or truck. Or the phone book. Right, yeah. Or, or, or pay phones. Yeah. Yellow pages. Everybody. And then they fade. And because as technology advances or the way that we consume our media changes, uh, today, not only do I not know when something is on, I don't know where <laughs> yeah. it's on. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> network things crazy? are on. Right. So we'll talk about a show here on the podcast and I never know where it is or when it is. And I really don't care. Because all I do is I go to Google, type in the name of the show. It gives me a link <laughs> right. and yep. I'm watching whatever it is I want to watch. I, if I it know. wasn't yep. for there's certain channels that my wife can't find on the internet right now, we wouldn't even have the direct TV, cable TV stuff. So the term TV back then, it was a media format. It was, you know, something that was beamed into your home over a device. Now mm -hmm. it's just the device and the device itself is almost going away. I've had younger people come up to me now and they'll talk to me about their monitor that they watch stuff on. They won't talk about it as a TV or a television. Mm -hmm. It's just a monitor. It's just a giant monitor to them now. And they'll talk about my monitor yep. has this app built into it so I can watch Netflix all the time. Or Right. Yeah. Amazon Prime is baked yeah. into mine. So yep. the fact that the TV is going away, you know, maybe the TV guide is also going the way of the dodo a little bit. But I know what you mean about not knowing what channel even something on. Like, I mean, the only reason why I know Timeless was on NBC is because NBC are the assholes that cancel it. <laughs> That's right. I, I need to know who to hate. Agree with you 100%, George. I mean, things are evolving and changing. And, you know, maybe TV Guy can stay relevant. I don't know. Maybe. But it's going to have to make some pretty drastic changes, I imagine. Yeah. Why do you read TV Guy? I want to know what I'm watching. I want to know what my children are watching. A must. You should do it. It's good for you. Use the TV guide. That's what it's there for. Open it up, see what you want to watch, plan ahead. Every taxpayer should have to read TV guide. Well, maybe you're going a little far, but I think if you own a television set, you have to have a TV guide. If you don't read TV Guide this week, you might be missing something. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for another Backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Uh, no longer have a TV guide in my house, but <laughs> at least I do have plenty of web pages where I can find out where things are on and I can look them up. Or you can always listen to the Gen X Grown Up podcast to find out what good media is yeah. coming out. We'll always let you know. We can be your new TV guide. <laughs> We're happy to do it for you. We don't have collector covers, but by golly, we'll be here <laughs> like clockwork every Thursday. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Mo. Yeah, always fun, man. George, thank you. Yes, sir. And I am John, fourth listener. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. See you guys. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. Go ahead and start the record.
Is it working? All right. Well, let me let me put my pants on. All right. That's not necessary. <laughs> uh, you started recording. It's 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 just sound. As it turns out, not, I don't have access to your webcam right now. No, no put your pants on. It's okay. No, don't listen. To it. <laughs> no, no, please, please do. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.